It's week seven in the SEC, which means it's week seven of Around the League from UGASports.com. This is our show where we talk about every game across the league for the Southeastern Conference. That's Brent Rollins coming to us from the northeastern part of the United States of America, uh, doing a little double duty for us here. Jim Donnan's with us as always, the College Football Hall of Famer, and I am Dane Young. Brent, where are you? Uh, across the river from New York City, so New Jersey. Somewhere Hoboken, I think, is what it's called. Uh, you may you pay attention to these lines because you can legally bet where you're at, and so Ooh, you may. Uh, I didn't know that. I have, a, to, I have to remember that. New Jersey is a betting state. All right, guys, let's start with uh, Alabama and Tennessee. It's the big game of the week across the country, but also in the SEC. Alabama ranked third now. Tennessee ranked sixth. This game in Knoxville. Coach, it's been 15 years since Alabama has lost to Tennessee, and I actually have some some stats that I pulled, my style of stats, that I'll get to after some football talk here. Alabama, a seven-point favorite on the road. Yeah, the last time uh, that I can remember Tennessee winning, Eric Ainge was a quarterback, and uh, there's some guys that are 36 years old are probably sophomores in college. So uh been a long time since the balls have even gone to a major bowl, much less won a conference championship in 1998, the year they won the national championship. Uh, I think it's kind of a little bit of fool's gold. I think uh, for sure Tennessee's good. They're ready to rock, and uh, Bama's got some issues at quarterback. But uh, if you just compared their teams, one through 44, it's not a very good comparison. Although uh, – the game's going to depend on a lot on how the game's officiated because I think Alabama's going to try to pressure Hooker and they're going to play man coverage. And, you know, when they do that, they play uh, grabbing and hold on to guys. And it's, if they let them hold them, then they'll cover them. If they don't, then they won't cover them. So uh, I just see a lot of different value here in this game. If I was a betting man in your lifetime, you're probably not going to get a game where Alabama's less than 10 point favorite. So, uh, be hard not to take them, but things are kind of like Tennessee playing at home, big crowd, offensive firepower. I just don't see Tennessee's defense lining up and stopping Alabama. If they decide to run the ball with Milrow in there. And if they throw the ball with, uh, if he doesn't play, I don't see them stopping the passing game of Alabama. So, uh, as much as I'd like to see, Alabama, somebody thwart them a little bit. I just don't think the ball's going to do it. And I'm sure my man here is going to give us the reasons why they might. But uh, I really like Alabama in this game. Well, Bryce Young doesn't play. Like, that's a thing. Like, Milro, he's phenomenal as a runner. Like, he looks like a legit running back, like big-time running back as a runner. But if you look at his passing stats from last week, 12 of 19 – 111 yards, three touchdowns, but his passing grade was 27.5. He had five turnover-worthy plays. Obviously, had a couple fumbles uh, mixed in there as well. But I think, Coach, the biggest thing you, you harped on there that is vital to this game is, one, does Tillman play for, for Tennessee? Because that's still evidently a possibility, given he had the surgery, all that sort of stuff. But the second thing is, can they protect Hendon Hooker? Like right now, he has the sixth lowest pressure rate in the Power Five. But their pass blocking grade is one of the lower ones in the Power Five. So it's a lot about how quickly 
they get the ball out. And I've mentioned this name a couple weeks, and now it's becoming a thing. And it's Chris Braswell for Alabama, who you know know about Turner, you know about Will Anderson. Braswell now has four, uh, three straight games where he has at least three QB pressures and a sack. Like you had that, the third guy pass rusher, and those already two great pass rushers. And it might be, it's, I, I could see it being a, a long day for Tennessee's offensive line. Yeah. And I, I think you may, we'll let the general manager come in here with his stats here in a second, but I think you make a good case about is Young going to play. But I, I, I think the fact that they've had two weeks to look at, what Milrow can do and what he can't do, and, and, and stress upon him. The only way we probably lose this game is if you turn the ball over, because if they Tennessee cannot load up on the run against the, these other guys, if Milrow's keeping the ball, some they just can't. That's not their style. Uh, they're not a good. They, they like to pressure you, and they they can't do that against a running quarterback. So. If they get some help from uh, Milrow and they turn the ball over and they get some help from the officials, uh, they got the firepower to, to score points. But uh, I just feel like there's too many people telling, telling us that this is their year, Bama can't do it again. I, I just think it's not in the stars right here. I mean, all the things are aligning the other way for Bama to come on in there and get after their butt. All of my preparation came for this game. So here we go. 15 straight wins for Alabama in this series. Combined score in those games, 589 to 201. The last win for Tennessee was October 21st, 2006. On that same day, Georgia did beat Mississippi State. The leading rusher for the Dogs, Craig Lumpkin. Leading receiver, Kenneth Harris. Tom Brady had just begun his sixth NFL season. The number one song in the country was Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake. Kirby Smart was 31 years old. Stetson Bennett was about to celebrate his 10th birthday. There have been four presidential elections since Tennessee last beat Alabama. And if you drove 41 miles in a day, pretty average commute, if you drove 41 miles a day in the 5,836 days since Tennessee beat Alabama, you could have driven to the moon. Some of the sports things that happened, Tennessee, uh, since they last beat Alabama, Justin Verlander <coughs> lost a playoff start, so I guess some things stay consistent. And, Coach, we'll wrap with this one, one that you'll like because it's a good friend of yours. Monday Night Football, after Tennessee beat Alabama back in 2006, Bill Parcells benched Drew Bledsoe in favor of Tony Romo. Romo threw three interceptions and a loss to the Giants. Hey, that's pretty good, Uh I didn't know you could drive to the moon. I always thought you sang that song, Fly Me to the Moon. But uh, that's some good stuff there. But uh, let's continue on. We've made enough of this game. we got too many others to talk about. Yeah, let's move on to one that I think is almost just as intriguing because it is a road test for them. Let's go to Mississippi State and Kentucky. Mississippi State ranked 16th at number 22, Kentucky. Mississippi State a four-point favorite on the road, Brent, but – I don't care if Levis plays or not. If Kentucky's offensive line doesn't shape up, they're just not really competing at the line of scrimmage. It's 100%. And we talked about it before the season, actually, that this was kind of a potential uh, regress back to the mean type team because of the offensive line and because of what they lost along both really lines of scrimmage. Speaking of line of scrimmage, speaking of running the ball, which we typically associate with Kentucky, Mississippi State running the football. Dylan Johnson now 
every game he's got at least 50 yards. Highest graded running back in the SEC. I, like, I, I brought all that stuff last week about second most attempts, second most yards. And then this week they top it. More attempts, more yards. Most yards rushing they've had under Leach. So, and then the other thing is, is Will Rogers has, has been a completely different player since the LSU game. Since that game, he's right at 375 yards passing a game, 12 touchdowns, no interceptions, 70-something percent completion. Like, but I will say this. If you're, like, if you're Mississippi State, hey, are you for real? All right, go in and handle your business in this game, even though you are on the road. Yeah, the Bulldogs have just got to handle success. Uh, they had a couple good wins, then they went down to LSU and kind of peed down their leg in the second half and really uh, – didn't do well at all as far as taking care of business. That game was in hand and looks like a, a really bad loss now. Everybody's seeing what LSU is all about. But the thing that bothers me about Kentucky identity-wise, regardless if Levis is in there or not, they were running the ball very effectively against South Carolina the first half and then the second half just completely disregarded uh, anything that Rodriguez could do. And, uh, you know, only I think he only touched it four times. And you got this new quarterback in there that the whole game's riding on him. Defense fell apart, couldn't stop the run or the pass. And you got to be complimentary to each other when you, you're missing your big gun. And the defense really didn't step up. The South Carolina offense kind of all of a sudden looked like, like they were Georgia playing out there, you know, doing about what they wanted to. So, you know, from, from one perspective, Kentucky's always played Mississippi State pretty good up there. A couple of years ago, it was ugly. I mean, I think Mississippi State maybe got a safety or something, but it was an ugly game. It's just a, a situation where if you can handle success, the way they're running the ball really helps their passing game because to defend against their pass, you got to drop eight, play these underneath areas. And when you do that, it just opens up those uh, big running lanes like Brent was alluding to. So, if if the bullies play their game, they're going to win this game. They got a better team. They got a whole lot more offense, and they can protect their quarterback. I I mean, we haven't seen any kind of protection by the uh, Kentucky O line to this point. I think going into last week, they had 19 sacks. I don't even know how many they had last week. So uh, this is a game Mississippi State should win. Well, and coach, early in the year, you were saying Mississippi State's defense is way better than what people are giving it credit for. We all know the passing attack, mm -hmm. but now we see the the running attack coming. To, this seems like a pretty complete team at this yeah, point. A really good uh, uh, point you're making that I forgot to allude to. Kind of like Georgia's defense, they're always playing from ahead. They're, they're playing down in distance. Their team's getting out in front of everybody like they did against A&M. I mean, they, they just force you to try to catch up to their offense and you don't have that many possessions because the, the offense keeps the ball away from you. They just run down after down, third down conversions, and they go for it on fourth down. So uh, teams stress a little bit trying to keep, you know, keep up with it. And, and consequently this uh, Arnett guy is just doing a good job uh, mixing up the calls and everything. Is that his name? <coughs> I'm not sure what his name is, right. but he, he's doing a good job and, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the, the whole state of Mississippi right now. Hey, even Southern Miss is playing pretty decent. So, uh, yeah, Zach Arnett, defensive coordinator for be, state. Arnett, yeah. Must be something about the water there in Ole Miss in the state right now. 
Well, uh, if you want a complete team to come check out what you have going on at your house, maybe it's time to call our good friends over at Connor Grading and Landscaping. And Brent, I know you've had them come look at your yard and, and get some work uh, done there previously and are going to be doing it soon as well. The good thing about the Connor Grading and Landscaping folks is their customer service is off the charts, but I just love their creativity. If you have ideas for your yard or maybe you've seen something on their website, connorgrading.com, of things that they've already done that would work in your space, just ask them about it and get their opinions on it. You can go check them out at connorgrading.com, whether it's the grading or the landscaping. If you want to put something in for your patio, get some stones and pavers out there. I've even seen people put uh, a bit of a golf course in their backyard, a hole or two or a little chipping green. Fire pits is something that they've done. Retaining walls. I mean, when it comes to it, Connor Grading and Landscaping are experts that can help you make sure that you have a great home tailgate and to make sure once the spring gets here that your yard is the envy of the neighborhood. Is that yeah, what and I want to point out one thing because I never get to say anything about our sponsors like and, uh, Brent does, but uh, I asked Brent about contacting them because one of my neighbors had some problems with uh, some erosion in the yard. And the next day they were over there uh, doing a complete lookout and, and checking things out and giving them an estimate. And you like that kind of customer service. Just uh, And I know the reason they did is because I dropped Brent Rollins' name in there and they knew they'd better get over there pretty quick. But uh, no way we give Brent's name. They wouldn't know me from a jar of big paper rub. So uh, it's just good that you, that regardless, uh, you know, you got people that want to want your business and they want people that associated with this uh show that we have so uh, any anybody that can uh need something done to the yard uh, let's get it going here for connor that's connorgrading.com c-o-n-n-e-r tell them you heard about them from around the league from ugasports.com let's go to a game that i think is actually one of the better rivalries in the sec though it's a newer one lsu and florida and brent this is one of those i don't think either team is overly overwhelming at this point but the narrative on each of them kind of changes if they get this win. One of them is going to be stock up and one stock down, and it really could go either way. Florida, a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Yeah, and what's – like for LSU, thinking about their – they gave up like it was 200 and almost 60, I think, rushing to Tennessee. And guess what Florida wants to do? Florida wants to run the ball because they cannot throw it very well in three of the six games. Half their games, Anthony Richardson's passing grade has been below 50. Like, so, you know, the running part of that, that's what Florida wants to do. Can LSU stop that, make them throw the ball? I, I don't know. I will have to wait and see. But Florida, I will say with Florida, getting back to Hill, played the last couple of weeks, had a pick six against Missouri. Like, he hadn't played up to that point. Had some knee issues. That was big for their defense. They obviously made a big play for them last week. It's just, what, what Anthony Richardson are you getting? That's always the question now with Florida because it's a flip of a coin. It's all right, are we going to get the guy that we saw against Tennessee and some, some of the other, or even against Utah in the opening game? Or are you going to get the guy that you've seen in the other games who just can't throw? Got to get some help from the receivers too. I mean, they got to make some routine catches. But, you know, that just shows you what kind of defense Tennessee has against the pass. Gave up 450 yards to Anthony Richard and, uh, and our main man there talking about that he, he can't throw the ball very good. So you got to think that Milrow can throw it close to him anyhow if he does play. So 
and that going back to that Alabama game, and, and all of a sudden Bryce Young's in there. Even if he's throwing left-handed, he's going to be pretty good. But I, I just don't know about the LSU kicking game is worst I've seen in a long time. You go back to the Florida State game, you go to last week, they just got major issues. And if a team is not very good on either side of the ball, you should have a good kicking game to make up for it, but it's killing them. And then their offensive passing game is just nil. And they've got good receivers, but they just can't protect. And they, every play looks like a schoolyard. You just center to Daniels, and he's going to add a little bit from there. There's no rhyme or reason for what they do. They're going to be playing again. It's a hostile crowd. Uh you know, I just don't see how they, they – they were able to go over there and beat Auburn on the road, but I just don't see it happening uh, unless, you know, all of a sudden Richardson plays like he did against South Florida. I mean, South Florida almost beat Florida. So, I mean, this is – even though people are considering it a big game, it's a little game in the big scheme of things because neither one of these teams are much of a contender. Uh, I mean, both of them trying to get to a bowl at this point. You've heard of gunslinger quarterbacks. Well, LSU with Daniels is a gunshot quarterback because they've schemed some receivers open. They have some talent with their skill guys, and he is not hitting them. He, he looks like he's afraid to throw it sometimes. Brent doesn't want to make mistakes. And Brian Kelly, I think, was was even saying, yeah, you look at the, the interceptions that he's had, the lack of interceptions this year, that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, you got to throw it up there and let him. But, hey, we need to talk about – some other games here. We're wasting our time here on these two. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to uh, an interesting out-of-conference game here. Coach, you've been saying how Arkansas kind of sputtering a bit right now when now the Hogs have to go out to Utah to Provo at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's an even line right now with Arkansas and BYU. That's a 3.30 Eastern time kick. Yeah, you know, when uh, early in the year I said I thought Arkansas would be a team that it's going to be make or break with some early games and uh, they didn't, they weren't able to win any of those games. And now they're three and three and they're going out to play these, these guys that most of those guys will have to go by kindergarten and pick up their kids on the way to the game. Uh, these guys are old men out there. <laughs> they're playing and you've got uh, a rowdy crowd that doesn't like Eastern or Southern football teams coming in there. And, you know, if Jefferson's not 100%, I just don't see any way they can go in there, and particularly with that defense that they're playing. I don't know what they call it. Brent's probably got something that's like some name for it. It's bend and don't break, but break as much as you can. I mean, their defense, uh, you know, they talk about keeping Barry Odom, and uh, they've kept him, but, man, oh, man, they they give up so many big plays, it's ridiculous. And they got a couple really good players over there on defense, but scheme-wise, they try to stop things with schemes too much instead of just being in there so unsound with big plays. So BYU not a real prolific offensive team, but you talk about a home field advantage. Now they got one. <coughs> they had to play Notre Dame in Las Vegas. I don't know who scheduled that game there, but uh, I like I like uh, BYU in this game. How about you, Brent? I do the same. I do as well. And what's interesting, you you were talking about taking their uh, kids to kindergarten. I wrote as you know, BYU when you go play BYU, you play grown men. Like that, that's the average age on that team is probably in the, the largest in college football. But the biggest thing for me with Arkansas is like, holy cow! If I'm the pit boss and I've looked at I'm like, hey, can we change the schedule a little bit here? Cincinnati, 
at BYU, and then they still got to play Liberty, who I think is like five or six – there's five and one right now. So it, the non-conference schedule for them has just been no joke in addition to what they have to do with the SEC West. And it's just – it's going to be a tough road for them, especially if K.J. Jefferson doesn't play. I, I Last I looked, he said, said he may play. Uh, it's just – and I think maybe, Coach, when we talk about defense, maybe it's just like a buffet. You want to, hey, you want to run the ball a little bit? We'll let you run the ball a little bit. We want to let the ball a little bit. Let's throw the ball a little bit. Intermediate, long, deep, whatever. We'll give it up. Ugly, ugly defense. For SEC I mean, fans. It's like Chad Morris has come back there. The ghost of Chad Morris is back there coaching. The, uh, you know, and so many people in the state of Arkansas have broken ankles now that have gotten off the uh, – the wagon that was going through that state, they, they broke their ankles jumping off the uh, Arkansas wagon. It's just ridiculous. For uh, SEC fans that may not know, Jaron Hall, quarterback for BYU, it's going to be a name that you see for a long time. He's a really good player, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions, explosive arm. He, he'll be in the NFL draft process, and that's a little pipeline they have Has he been on a mission yet? That I don't know. <laughs> yeah. he, might be, he might be there for – you know, you never know what those guys when they go on a mission and then come back. But Coach, it's just different level of, of uh, maturity on their team. I mean, they just got older guys. Coach, it is kind of mean of you to bring up the ghost of Chad Morris for that program. Uh, I just, <laughs> I wasn't trying to be mean. I love Pittman. I just don't. I think he's going to have to make a big decision there defensively. What, what, are, what, what we can't keep functioning like this i mean uh, you're not you can't outscore people and win an sec Uh, you gotta have you gotta be able to stop the run some way well if you want to have a decision that's easy to make when you go buy your spirits is to check out our friends and partners from asw distillery and uh, they are distilled by dogs five of the six founders from asw are uga grads And so whether you're uh, in Georgia, you can find this pretty much wherever you buy your spirits. If you're out of the state, maybe request it and see if it's something you can get there. So many good varieties, whether you like the bourbon or the gin uh, or vodka, ASW Distillery. They're doing something cool every time. Go check out their website. It's uh, ASWDistillery.com. They are uh, new partners for us here with UGA Sports. And uh, go to Rodney Nabolsi's Twitter feed, and you can see how you can enter a contest to win a free bottle of ASW Distillery's Fiddler Bourbon. It's really good. I, I have it every week on the post-game overreaction show, and uh, that's a product that, that I purchased long before we were partners with them, so I can personally vouch that it is a really good uh, bourbon that they put out there. All right, let's go to a noon game that's on ESPN. Auburn, 3-3, three and three, maybe the final game for Brian Harson. We'll see. They do have a bye week next week. Before that, they have Ole Miss, who is ranked ninth. And uh, Coach, Ole Miss, a 15-point favorite at home against Auburn. Yeah, I'm not sold on Ole Miss. Uh, I'm sold on their schedule. I mean, everybody in the league would like to have that schedule. I think uh, Coach Kiffin's done a good job rounding this team in and they're getting better. What are they going to be able to play with Bama and uh, and Mississippi State and some of these teams they got to beat on that side of the ledger? I don't know, but I really like the running game. Dart starting to do some damage with the passing game defensively. I mean, uh, I don't know what they were doing in the first half against Vandy last week, but uh, didn't look very good. So 
uh, we'll just have to see. Uh, but they don't have to worry about Auburn scoring. I mean, uh, Auburn, uh, unless it's just a broken play or something, Auburn's uh, got a really Mickey Mouse offense and not doing much with it. So uh, I'll let Brent give you some stats. But uh, Ole Miss, to me, uh, should win this game. At home, they, they got too much going for them. Now, if all of a sudden Auburn starts looking at the record and says, well, we've beaten this team six straight times, we ought to be able to beat them seventh. What makes you think that these guys can beat us? They never have. The difference is most of these guys at Ole Miss weren't at Ole Miss last year. They got a <laughs> bunch of transfers, and they don't know that record. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, it- I, I like you said. Is this the week thing? Is this the week that they they finally pull the trigger? It, it's gotten to the point where I mean they're they're Mizzou sort of fumbling it away from four losses in a row uh, for Auburn. And what's interesting about Auburn, especially watching the game last rewatching the game last week against Georgia, their defensive front is really good. Their linebackers are awful. Like. Too many times, especially against Georgia and even in the running game, where defensive front kind of did a little bit of what they're supposed to do, and then you get linebacker taking bad angle after bad angle. For Ole Miss, though, like Coach said, Dart finally starting to get some things going in the passing game. It helps to play Vandy, and it helps to when you play Vandy to get Jonathan Mingo going. I think he had, what, nine catches for like 250 and a couple of touchdowns last week against Vandy. That guy is a big-time playmaker for them getting him involved in the passing game, that's what's going to sort of propel them because their running game is that good. Yeah, that's the thing. That's, the passing game. that's the thing that's going to really help Ole Miss is any limitations they had in the passing game are going to be so much better because they're really proficient and know how to run the RPOs. And this dark guy has come in there and learned how to run the system. And with those backs, the way they run the ball and the tempo with which they run, and you better be in condition because they're going to really run a lot of quick plays at you. Uh, boy, I like I like the way their offense is evolving now. I'd whole lot rather have a passing game develop knowing I got a running game than vice versa because you can always run the ball. Sometimes you can't always pass it. So it's good to see that. Uh, we all know Brian Hartson's job security is in question at best. I will remind everyone, though, and this is the case at Georgia Tech as well, so two Georgia rivals here, that before a new coach is likely to be put in, they have athletic director roles to fill. And until you see that happen, like if Brian Harson is not let go this week, that tells me Auburn is not quite as close as it needs to be with its ne- next athletic director because the next six weeks happens very quickly for someone new on the job. And plus, they don't have anybody on the staff that has any kind of even close proximity to being a head coach. You know what I mean? Nobody's ever even been a coordinator, hardly, much less a head coach. So uh, I think they they got some issues there. Plus, your play caller is your head coach. So what are you going to do? Uh, I, I think they're going to probably stick it out with him as long as they can and then try to take their licks and hope they can get a couple more wins. But where they're going to come from, I don't know. Even Western Kentucky's going to come in there and light them up. They can throw the ball. I mean, how about that quarterback from Western Kentucky playing for the Patriots now? I mean, he's he might be the rookie of the year. I mean, I was at Houston Baptist two years ago. Now he's <laughs> a quarterback of the New England Patriots. I love those stories with football. 
Let's get to our uh, final game here. And, Coach, you and I talked about it on Tuesday, so I'm going to give Brent the spotlight on Vanderbilt at Georgia. The Dogs are 38-point favorite at home. Uh, probably the schedule being the main piece of this, Brent, that Georgia gets the bye week before Florida after this game. And to me, this game is all about one thing. How does Georgia start? Because now, are they going to do what they did last year to Vanderbilt and be up 35 to nothing at the end of the first quarter or something, whatever, or really close to the end of the first quarter like it was last year? I don't think that's going to happen. Because Vanderbilt, is, and we've talked about how much improved they are. But, all right, you've gone to South Carolina, you know, that road game where people were talking about as a potential trap game, and then the Oregon game. Outside of that, you as a team have not really played well in the early parts of games. And now's the time to do it. Like, let's just – against this opponent, go out, be efficient, be clean, take care of the football, and handle your business early uh, in this game if you're Georgia. But I mean, for, for uh, Vandy, A.J. Swan, true freshman kid who's from Georgia, he has eight turnovers. He doesn't have an interception, but he has five turnovers he plays. So a little bit of luck in that those numbers for him. He's going to see a whole different level on Saturday. Yeah, they're going to light. They're going to come with some severe heat on this guy. And uh, the thing about the, the impressed me about Vandy is the little things that they're doing. They're not turning the ball over. Their kicking game is sound. They haven't uh, beaten themselves with a lot of penalties being sloppy. So they, as badly as they've gotten beaten by three good teams, the other games they've been able to win because they didn't lose it by themselves being screwy Louie with the ball. So I think that the fact that Brent talked about starting quick, we did start fairly quick against Sanford, but that doesn't count. Sanford, by the way, is undefeated since we played them. So you got to give them credit for that. I know the general manager knew that, but uh, they are uh, doing pretty well. That's our friend Chris Hatcher, right? I think it's important that Georgia aired out against these guys because they're second in the uh, from the bottom in the nation, like 348 yards a game. They're giving up passing. I mean, it's just a case of blinker lights. They don't rush the quarterback very well at all. And we've been pretty good about protecting. So I think uh, should be a game that, you know, the last time I talked about that at Missouri, I thought we'd be able to light them up. But, you know, I didn't realize their front was that good. We're not going to see that kind of front from Vanderbilt. So uh, I think the fact that we haven't played that good in a couple games has gotten Kirby to get the players' attention that you better prepare all week. And we've talked about that coaching-wise before. If you prepare the right way, then even though the team does a little bit different against you, you'll be okay. So uh, I look for some – big numbers from Bennett and hopefully from Beck too and Vandergriff. We'll see how that runs. But I think that quarterback from Vandy's going to need some, uh, some, something to rub on his all over his body on the way back. I'm going to need some ASW distillery products to kind of forget that. Yeah, he, can, he can get some, yeah, he's a true freshman day. You can slip him a little, a uh, couple little bottles on the way back and just, uh, <laughs> Mix it heavy with some Coca-Cola. How about that? Yeah, that's it. Coach, quick question, though. Knowing that, like for example, when you think of Stetson, who's now gone three straight games without a touchdown pass, is that something that you, like as a play caller and as a coach, like, all right, we need to get a touch. We need to get get rid of this. Get this monkey. Get All right, let's get a touchdown pass early. I don't know that, that they worry about the fact there hadn't been a touchdown pass. I think they worry about the efficiency, how many passes we're missing. 
you know, our percentages down. Uh, but, but that would be something that you, you could say, Hey, we need to get, we haven't been a team like last year against UAB, all those teams, we're throwing those bombs away. We haven't hit many long passes. And some of the ones that, that are long have been short ones that have turned into runs. So I think they're working on the deeper throws. Uh, that's one thing I'd work on. And, don't get too caught up in saying, well, we hadn't thrown this, but we, but, you know, you come back as a quarterback to your coach, but coach, we're winning and, you know, Hey, I'm going to do better and all that. But uh, if anybody's going to be critiqued, it's going to be Bennett. That's for sure. I mean, he, uh, he gets, uh, he gets a lot of, uh, it's too bad. We don't have uh, CNN and uh, other stations on, talking about Stetson too, that would just add it to it, you know, because they can really get after his ass. Well, that is week seven of around the league in the SEC uh, preview for the schedule next week. Alabama's the, the, the primary game this week against Tennessee next week at home against Mississippi state. Let the tide and the Bulldogs cruise through this week and see how big that game is for the SEC. Yeah, where's that game going to be played? That's in Tuscaloosa. Well, you know, and they haven't, they haven't done anything since Leeds has been. I don't even think they've scored but once in the two games they played. I mean, they've had their numbers. So uh, he needs to get a little momentum going against the Wildcats this week and, and carry it over there to Tuscaloosa. So, uh, but uh, we got an open date next week for Georgia. So that gives us longer to talk about these other teams. But uh, it's a light, it's a light schedule next week. But uh, I think we get South Carolina and Texas A and M. Which who the hell well, knows? Maybe we Shane Beamer to come on and dance for us. For yeah, but that, we'll attempt to do that. No, we won't. All right, thanks for watching Around the League, everyone, from UTASports.com. For Brent Rollins and Jim Donnan, I'm Dane Young. Thanks to our sponsors, Connor Grading and Landscaping and ASW Distillery. We'll see you next week here on Around the League.